we have been walking through this Advent season uh, along with the global church. And I, I've said this before, and, and I'll say it probably every week. It's one of my favorite times of the year because it's so rad that almost every church around the world is leaning into the same things around this time of year. Uh, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing when we stop and we say, man, we are so glad that you came, Jesus. And it's because you came, Jesus, that we have just this incredible access to heaven invading our lives and then in turn impacting our world. And that's really what Advent is all about. And Romans 5 verse 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access. We've gained access through Jesus by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. It is because Jesus came to us. It's because Jesus died for us, conquering sin and death the things that were in us that we now have access to all of his glory. We have access to him and we have access to the fruits of the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about one of those fruits being hope. We have access to hope because Jesus came. Hope has come and we can live with a confident expectation of good. We can live with a confident expectation of good because our hope is not moved by what is happening around us. No, our hope is in the God who sees us. We can have confident expectation of good because our hope does not lead us to disappointment because our hope is in who God is, not what we hope God does. We can have a confident expectation of good in our lives. And today we're going to be leaning into another one of these incredible gifts that we have access to that Jesus brought to us when he came for us, and that is peace. Peace. Peace has come. Uh, Anybody in the house need a little bit more peace in their life? Yeah, just a few of us. The rest of you guys can come pray for us afterwards. <laughs> but, but I could use a little bit more peace in my life. And, and here's what I want us to really grab this morning, and that is that the peace of God is not something that we should just hope that we run into. It's not something we just hope we're going to stumble into. The peace of God is something that we always have access to. The peace of God is something we always have access to. No matter how chaotic our life feels, we can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding, the Bible tells us. And that happens when we begin to understand that the peace that God promises us is not a peace from the chaos and the storms of life. It's a peace in. Are you with me, church? It's a peace in the chaos and the storms in life. My, uh, 
Mom's dad has now gone to, to be with the Lord, and, and we called him Pawpaw. Uh, anybody else have a Pawpaw? Yeah, a couple of righteous Southerners in the house. <laughs> There's kind of this ongoing debate of what's J.D.'s grandpa name going to be. We're a few years away from that in Jesus' name. <laughs> but right now, the lead is not Pawpaw. The lead is Champ. How about that? Come on with that junk. You know what I'm saying? I'm your champ. You know what I'm saying? I just love it. They would call me a champ, and they, yeah, I would just feel like everyone's winning. But my papa loved to fish, loved to fish. So I grew up going fishing with my papa. We went fishing all the time. He actually had a lake house. Our family uh, had this cool little lake house on Lake Huntsville. We'd been spend the summers there water skiing, bass fishing, and playing bingo, as you do. Right? And, and, and we loved to fish. And about two, three times a year, we would, in the wintertime, we would go fishing in the ship channel in, the, in Houston for gulf trout. And um, here's the deal. My grandfather was the most generous person you have ever met. But he was also the cheapest person you have ever met. So you could never outgive him, but you sure as heck could outspend him. Right. And, and so what that meant is that we had a boat. We didn't have multiple boats. We had a boat. So since we spent most of our time at a lake, we had a bass boat. Now, if you don't know boats, bass boats sit very deep in the water. The walls of the vessel, if you will, the walls of the boat are very, very low because there are no waves in a lake. Now, I actually got my Ph.D. in the difference in Lake Huntsville in the Gulf of Mexico when I was 11 years old on one of these fishing trips when we got there before the sun came up and we had a bass boat, not a bay boat, because why would you need two boats? Our lives don't matter. <laughs> so we launched the boat. It's dark. It's cold, but it's not storming. And we get to where we're going to be fishing, and we're fishing in these deep cuts. And what that means is there's just like mounds of land around us. So where we were fishing, the wind and everything that was whipping outside, we weren't feeling because it was blowing over our heads. And so the water was glass, everything was chill, and we are slaying him. It was one of those trips where you're doing more catching than fishing. Right, where you think that you love to fish. How you know you love to fish if you love to go out there and catch nothing and you still love it? That's being a fisherman. I'm a catcherman. <laughs> right, I like to go and catch, right? And this was one of those days where it was like you just threw your line into the water and you're pulling up a fish. It was unbelievable. We had to stop because we ran out of cooler space. It was just, we were slaying them. It was me, my brother Jake, my uncle Gary, and Papa. All right, now, now it's time for us to leave this cut that we were in and make our way back to the boat dock. And so as we start making our way back to the open bay, we are hit in the face with five-foot swells. Okay, and we're in a little bass boat. Now, here's the thing. Papa's there. So I'm looking at this, and like, this is going to be fun, right? I'm a little kid. I have no idea our life is in danger. Zero. My papa just calmly says, all right, hey, J.D., you're going to sit here. Jake, you'll sit here, right? 
And then we start making our way back, getting on, turning on top of these swells, making our way. I mean, it was like the wind was so violent. It was like the water was coming at us like needles. Have you ever felt like saltwater wind where it just like punishes you? You know, and we're just like laughing the whole time. Me and my brother Jake are like, ah, you know, it's like a roller coaster. We're just like feeling it. Like, dude, this is so freaking awesome. You know, like, let's go, Papa. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a party. Now, here's the thing. I felt no fear. I felt no anxiety. I felt nothing but fun the entire time. Years later, I'm talking about like 20 years later, I'm with my uncle at dinner, my uncle Gary, and we're just reminiscing about old stories. And I'm like, man, you remember that old, that trip where that storm came in and it was all crazy? And my uncle Gary like literally like turns white. And he's like, oh, dude, that was terrifying. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, we almost died. I was like, what? For real? He's like, yeah, man, there were multiple times where me and Papa were like, this is, this is not going to end well. How are we going to explain to your mother that we lost you at sea? Like, that's the conversation we're having. And me and my brother are like, what? You know, I mean, it's like complete. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Like how in the world are we in the same situation and experiencing it completely different? Now here's the deal. It was because Papa was in the boat. My Papa had done nothing but just be an absolute superhero to me and for me up to that point in my life. I've never been in a situation with Papa where he did not come through and make sure that we were taken care of. He was like six foot five, had four arms the size of my legs. You know, he was just like a monster of a human. You always felt like you were safe with Papa. So I'm in the boat with Papa. Why am I going to be fearful? Because Papa was in the boat. Maybe it's not the storm that's overwhelming us. Maybe it's because we think we're alone in the boat. Maybe it's not the wind and the waves that's making us feel like we're drowning. Maybe it's because we feel like we are alone in the boat. Hear me, the peace that God promises us is not a peace from the chaos it's not a peace from the storms of life. It's a peace in the chaos and the storms of life because he is with us. My hope for you and my hope for me in these days is that we begin to see Jesus with us in the areas of our lives that feel like chaos and pain that feel like storms that are bigger than what we can handle, that feel like the boat that we're riding in is not made for the seas that we are sailing in. In those moments, there is a peace for us that surpasses understanding, and it's because that he's with us. He is with us. Last week, we read Jesus' birth announcement to the earth, to the shepherds, in Luke 2, starting in verse 8, I want to do the very same thing today. It says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you 
good news. Everybody say good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And that verse, verse 14, is where I want us to lean in today, where the angels declare glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. This word peace that's used in the Hebrew here is shalom. And um, you, you might know this as a Jewish greeting. Uh, but shalom is much more than just hello. Shalom uh, does not just simply mean be at peace or let's be at peace with one another. Shalom is an atmospheric declaration. Shalom is speaking to the atmosphere of the situation. A better understanding of what the angels were declaring to the shepherds that night was when they said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. A better understanding of that for us might be glory to God in the highest on earth as it is in heaven. It's a, it's a declaration of how things should be. Shalom does not stop at just hello, be at peace, be at peace with one another. It's a declaration of how things should be. Philippians 4, verse 4. Maybe this is a verse that a friend has sent you when you text them and say you're stressed out. This is it, right? This is the one. This is the one that you maybe got when you graduated on the little rock, the little stone thing. You know, there was that family Christian bookstore that was like the graduation gift that you got from everyone that you didn't want from anyone. This was the scripture. This is what you got, Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In verse 7, ready? This is it. This is the one. This is the scripture that you got when you were stressed out from your friend that maybe you didn't like that you got it because you don't sometimes like the truth. I don't like the truth always when my friends text me the truth. I don't want them to text me the truth. I want them to text me that I'm right. Can I get an Amen. And then here, verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, here we go. Here's the temptation for all of us when we think about the peace of God. The temptation for all of us is to shrink our idea of peace down in our lives to the circumstances in our lives. 
Do our circumstances feel peaceful? Right? That's the temptation is to, to shrink it down to how our, what are our circumstances? Are our circumstances peaceful? And, and when we do that, we miss that the peace the Bible promises us, this, this shalom peace, is a declaration of how things should be on earth as they are in heaven in us. It's a declaration to us for us, it's speaking to our hearts. Shalom peace is something we declare over our lives. It's a declaration of peace in the middle of all that we feel is unraveling around us. So you can be in a crazy circumstance but have peace that surpasses understanding because peace is what's happening in here. It's not what's happening out here. The peace that comes on us regardless of what's happening around us. The angels said on earth peace. Now, when they said that, when they declared that, does that mean that, that from that moment on, everywhere on earth, every heart on earth that was in tension, every place of unrest in the world, every place of strife and fear and anxiety just stopped? No, that's not what it's saying at all. On earth peace, on whom his favor rests. What's that mean? That means we have access to it as we access him. We have access to this peace. What heaven is telling us is that when we are living with Jesus, there is a peace for us that will change how we see the chaos that we find ourselves in. There's a peace for us that will change how we see the chaos we found ourselves in and what we feel in the middle of it. Peace is a way to see life. Peace is a way to see life. When, when we look at the storms of our life through the lens of shalom, peace, through the lens of peace, what's happening doesn't define our peace. The circumstance doesn't define our peace. Our peace is defined by the promise that Jesus has come. That he is with us. Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a savior is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What that means for you and what that means for me is that in the middle of something that is void of worldly peace, it's, it's, a, it's a chaotic moment, like your, your boss accuses you of something that you didn't do. That doesn't feel peaceful. Maybe you get in work, you get in, you're in the, a real disagreement with someone at work, and you feel like now your job is on the line. That doesn't feel peaceful. 
Maybe you're in the middle of a divorce or what feels like the beginning of a divorce. That does not feel peaceful. Maybe your kids are rebelling against you and cussing you out and stealing from you and hiding things from you. That doesn't feel peaceful. Even in the middle of things that don't feel peaceful in the eyes of the world, we can walk into those things with peace. Because our peace is not defined by the storm we're in. Our peace is defined by who is with us in the boat that we are in. Peace is is not something that will replace our anxiety. Shalom peace will change how we see what's causing our anxiety. It changes how we see things. When, when shalom, when peace becomes the way we see life, it will then change how we experience the chaos in our lives. And all of a sudden, what we thought was going to crush us begins to look like heaven in front of us because we know that Jesus is with us. I want you to turn to Mark 4, verse 35. This is a moment when the disciples went fishing with Papa in his bass boat. Mark 4, verse 35, the disciples came face to face with how peace is not what you're going through. Peace is who's with you. And this is what it says that that day when evening came, he said, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Famous last words. He says, go over there. Leaving the crowd behind. They took him along, just as he said, in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I love that verse. Someone needs to make that into one of those Christian t-shirts. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. Chill out. (laughs) The disciples woke him and they said to him, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Doesn't that sound like how we accuse God when we find ourselves in a storm? Jesus, don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care that this is hard? Don't you care that this is scary? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this dude? Even the wind and the waves obey him. There's so much in this passage that we can lean into. But first, I want you to see this, that the storm that was scaring the disciples was rocking Jesus to sleep. 
Their fear was his lullaby. Just think about this for a moment, and you need to know that the storm that is scaring you is nothing for Jesus. The chaos that you're in right now that that is overtaking you is nothing to Jesus. It might be overwhelming you, but it's not going to be overwhelming him. We've all had moments in our lives where storms hit us that we didn't see coming. We left for a normal day at work. We get called into a meeting and find out that that's our last day at work. That's just a a furious squall just came out of nowhere. You didn't see that coming. You're just going about your life, going about your business, and then all of a sudden, chaos, fear, anxiety. What now? How am I now? What am I supposed to do now? You turn on the TV. For some weird reason, you want to watch the news. And you just get overwhelmed by just the crazy violence that's been happening all over our city. You hear about just like shooting sprees and police officers getting killed and police officers getting run over by cars and people losing their lives. And you're just like, what is going on? And you could start to feel your body like starting to like tense up and tighten up and just be like... Gosh, are we going to be okay? And then you hear like, hey, don't worry about it because we're all going to die anyways because the environment, the earth is going to eat us. You know, and if that doesn't freak you out, you know, then you're like, well, we've got an election coming up and that's going to be real peaceful. (laughs) Right? And you're just like, I mean, everywhere you turn, it seems like there is either a storm raging or a storm brewing. And you spend enough time just observing life and you're like yo i'm just trying to go from here to there and on my way i just got surprised attacked by a storm that feels like it is too much for me and our peace gets lost in fear becomes so fearful we lose hope we lose all confident expectation of good we can't find a peace And anything because we're overwhelmed by what we're seeing. And that's the temptation is that we we get lost in what we're seeing and we forget who we're sitting with. We need to see that Jesus is unmoved by what feels like is about to drown us. He's unmoved by it. And that's good news. That's good news that will cause some great joy in your heart that Jesus was sleeping when the storm was raging. But listen to this. In Mark 4, I don't think Jesus was just sleeping. I think he was teaching. I think he was teaching his disciples because in his sleeping, he was showing his disciples that the storms that are in your life don't have to steal the peace of God from your life. The storm you're in the middle of doesn't have to steal the peace of God from you. And and let me just take a minute and speak to my fellow warriors in the house. Any self-proclaimed warriors? Anybody? 
good. Just about 10 of us. Praise God. Thankful for the rest of you who can hold it down for us. But for the 10 of us that worry, let me just give us some helpful hints here. Worrying is not being responsible. Can I just say that? As a worrier, because this is what worrying tells you, is that you're being responsible about because you're worrying about it. Oh, I worry about my kids. That's me caring for my kids. Nope. Nope, not at all. No, that, not, that's worrying and responsibility are not the same things at all. Worrying is not being responsible. What worrying is, it's a lack of trust in who God is. That's what it is. Worrying is, I don't like, I don't feel like I'm in control, so I'm stressed out about what's happening. That's what worrying is, is you know what, I don't trust in who God is. I don't trust in what he has promised. Worrying is not being a responsible person. Oh, I'm worried about my finances. That means I care about them. Nope. You can worry about them and make terrible financial decisions. Worrying is not connected at all to you caring about your finances. Worrying is you not trusting God with your finances. Where your heart is, your treasure will be. Worrying is not being responsible. Okay? Now here's the thing. Worrying will begin to tell you that you can control the situation that you're in if you worry enough about it. Right? If you really worry about it, then maybe you can manipulate it. If you really stress about it, then you're really going to be able to get in there. No, no, no. That's not how it works. This is what Jesus tells us about worrying. This is so encouraging. Be encouraged, church. Luke 12, verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? I love this. I love that this is how Jesus decided to attack this issue. He said, how many of you could add a single hour of your life? How many of you can stop time? How many of you can do that? And then he says, since you can't do this very little thing, isn't that the best? You can't stop time? So easy. You can't do this very little thing of stopping time. Why are you worrying about the rest? Verse 29, he makes it very simple for us. Do not worry. Do not worry. Now, here's the thing. Not worrying is trusting. We don't stop worrying about something by saying, don't worry about it. We stop worrying about something by saying, God, I trust you in it. Not worrying is trusting. Walking in peace is walking in trust. That's what it is. It's trusting that God is in control of everything that's happening. And he is good. And he is trustworthy. Romans 8.28, a verse that we were in last week. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God is in control. God is working things out for our good. This is going to set somebody free. Jesus in our story in Mark 4 is not moved to fear by the storm that was moving his disciples to fear because his trust was in God's plan 
not in their ability to escape the storm. See, we're just like, can we get through it? Jesus is like, find me in it. Find me in it. Some of us are carrying things that are not ours to carry. We're walking around carrying weight that's not ours to carry. Trying to figure out how are we going to get everything to work out? How are we going to get everything to, 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 to start looking right and, and being in the, the right place in the right time? And I have to do this. And 1 Peter 5 tells us that what we're supposed to do is cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus, because he cares for you. Man, Pastor Chris, I wish I just had five people that were tired of being sick and tired. Five people, man, just to, to believe with me that God is with them. That we have nothing to fear no matter what we're facing. We need to stop worrying and we need to start trusting. We need to stop stressing and start believing because Jesus is with us. In our passage in Mark 4, Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, guys, for real, do you still not have any faith? Do you, do you not believe? Do you, do you not have any faith that, that what is in me is bigger than what is facing you? Do you still not believe that I control everything. There's nothing that it can steal, kill, or destroy my plan for your life. Not this storm, not this fear, not this anxiety, not this worry. The waves that you're facing are not stronger than me. Jesus is like, they're not bigger than me. These waves are not bigger than me. This wind has no control over where we're going because I'm in control of where you are going. Jesus was looking at life through the lens of shalom. He was looking at life through the lens of peace, meaning that he, what he was seeing and what the disciples were seeing was the same storm, but they experienced it in different ways. That's the power of shalom, peace, coming on us it allows us to walk in peace regardless of what's happening around us and that peace is available to us right now that peace in the storm is available to you right now I love that Jesus spoke to the storm because in that moment what he did was he said let me show you what's already happening in me. He said, be still. And then everything that was happening in his heart became what the disciples experienced in their life. Jesus was like, this is what it's been like all along for me. But now you can see that there is nothing that is stronger than me. Here's what I know to be true. There are storms happening in this room right now. 
There are some storms. Some of them came out of nowhere this week. Some of them came out of nowhere this morning. You're just like, yo, I'm just trying to get from here to there. And on your way, a storm came out of nowhere. You got a text that made your blood pressure go through the roof. You got news that brought terror and fear in you and your family's life. There's some storms that are real in this room right now. And Jesus is saying over you, shalom. On earth as it is in heaven. Peace. Peace. Can you do me a favor? Can you stand to your feet? What we want to do today is to close our time. We want to pray for those of you who are facing some storms in your life that you experience the peace of heaven that surpasses understanding. That no matter what you're facing, no matter how big the waves you're looking at are, no matter how strong the wind is that you feel, no matter how hopeless the situation you find yourself in is, there is a peace for you today that surpasses all understanding. And even now, some of our leaders are going to begin to make their way to the front. You know who you are. If you're wondering if it's you, it is you. Just begin to make your way to the front because we pray for people here at Antioch. We believe that when we pray, it changes things. And if you need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to rule and reign in your heart and in your mind, if you need the peace of God to surge louder than the storm that is facing at you right now, don't leave today feeling hopeless. Leave today feeling hopeful because you encountered the peace of God, heavenly peace, a peace in the chaos you find yourself in. You're no longer just hoping for peace from the chaos you find yourself in. You can leave today circumstances the same, soul in a completely different place because it's a peace of God. It's shalom peace that affects what's happening in us regardless of what's going on around us. And if you need peace, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to love on you. We want to be here for you. And if you're here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never surrendered your life to him, this peace that we're talking about today, you've never known. Today is your day. Jesus came for you for this moment so that you can surrender your life to him, repent of your sin, and trust in him. The Bible says that you'll be saved. So if that's you, if you want to meet Jesus, or if you just need peace from the storm, or if you just want someone to pray for you, just like, man, you know what, I just need someone to pray for you. As I pray and as we begin to sing, we're all going to respond, but if you need prayer, man, I want you to begin to make your way to the front. Our leaders are here for you. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you came. And when you came, you came for us so that we can have access to heaven. 
And so, Lord, right now I say over every storm that's raging, Lord, every place of fear, every place of hopelessness, every situation that's overwhelming, every challenge that seems like it's too great, Lord, we just say shalom peace over every one of those moments. And Lord, would your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.